It's the Locked On Flyers podcast for Monday, July 17th, your daily dose of Flyers news, analysis, and high quality content that kind of wants to say I told you so, but maybe not. <laughs> you want to. You know you do. Yeah, we kind of called the Tony D'Angelo buyout on Friday show. We're going to get into that. Plus, we're going to talk about the current state of the Flyers. Is this it? Plus our nemesis of the week all on today's show. Your Locked On Flyers, your daily podcast on the Philadelphia Flyers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, thanks for making Locked On Flyers your first listen every day. I am Rachel Donner. You can find me on Twitter at rmiriam. I'm here as always with Russ Cohen, who's on all your favorite social media apps at Sportsology. We are also as a show on Instagram and threads at Locked On Flyers. You can subscribe or follow us for free on YouTube or on the SiriusXM app. Anywhere you listen to podcasts, you'll get our latest episode as soon as it's available here on the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day. Russ, we did a whole episode on Friday about the Tony D'Angelo situation, if the trade was going to go through, if it wasn't going to go through, what the fallout would be, as well as, you know, how then it would cascade from a player personnel effect down to the blue line for the Flyers and the prospects as well. And sure enough, uh, we got word that he was being put on waivers for purposes of termination of the contract. The buyout isn't officially official yet, but it's happening. Um, and if Cap Friendly says it's happening, I believe it's happening. No, so, this is actually um, happening. This is actually happening. So obviously the Carolina deal never panned out um, because of various reasons that we talked about on the Friday show. Um, I think, you know, it is kind of fun in a way that Tony D'Angelo is the first NHL player bought out twice. Yeah, it's unusual. Uh, you know, and people should know, like, we we actually had to record a day in advance. And so we even, you know, we're thinking about it two days before it happened. So to schedule the show for that. So, yeah, it because um, we just were thinking this doesn't look good. This doesn't feel good anymore. It doesn't seem like this trade's going through. And and look, to be very honest, I'm not sure Eric Carlson's moving either. I mean, but that's a whole other discussion for another day. Um, but, you know, as far as this goes, uh, the Flyers do lose out on, you know, on getting an asset from uh, Carolina. I know some people are like, well, if it's just an AHL or who cares? Well, I mean, again... <laughs> you know, sometimes you do get an AHLer, and regardless of what I say and Rachel says and anybody says, they do way better than you think. Like you don't know. That's that's the whole thing. That's why you still take the player. Um, and then and then you know they also have an extra year of of retention that they weren't counting on. So so there's that because of the buyout. So that's that's where they they get hurt a bit. Uh, and also, look, I am pretty. My gut or spidey sense tells me that D'Angelo is still going to sign with Carolina for like a two-year deal for either like a million a year or a million and a half, and they're going to save on this. You watch. That's that's just my gut feeling. It may not happen, but I think it's happening. Interesting. Yeah, I I would be simultaneously surprised and not at all. <laughs> right. That happens. Right. <laughs> it's just one of those things with Tony D'Angelo. Um. 
the cap hit for the Flyers is an issue. Now, it's less for this year than it would have been in a 50% salary retention, uh, but it lasts over two years. So we have a $1.67 million cap hit uh, for this season and next season. And that brings us to the total dead cap space that we're looking at for this upcoming season. So if you count the Hayes retained salary, the D'Angelo uh, buyout hit and the Oscar Lindblom buyout from last year, we have a 5.9 million uh, dead cap space this season. It's about 15% of the cap, depending on how you calculate it, what players are on the Flyers versus the Phantoms, the goaltenders. There's there's a lot of, and how much we're going to pay Morgan Frost, right. right? There's a lot of moving parts right. to get the exact percentage, but it's going to hover around 15% regardless. Um, next season, we're still at 5.2 million in cap space. You know, you drop the Limblom part of it. You still have Hayes and D'Angelo for next season. Um, I think this season it's manageable. Next season, it's going to depending hurt. on what moves they want to make. It's yeah, it's going to hurt next season. I, I think, um, but it's one of those things. It's like the cost benefit analysis. The Flyers have decided that this is what's in their best interests or, or the best scenario that they could come up with given all of the, the potentialities. And there was just no way to keep D'Angelo on the team. Right. Because of the current coach, like that's the reason. So, you know, the only thing here, Rachel, again, this is, and this has happened to the flyers before. So like, you know, they got Chuck Fletcher, they went a certain direction. Then they got John Tortorella and they si tried to go his direction. Now, what if in another year, John Tortorella doesn't go in the team's direction. Like, you know what I mean? Like then that could really, again, the flyers would be like, Oh, okay. So like, do we bring John back with two years left or do we let him go because he doesn't really want to do this and we want to do this. Like, again, there's you no, know, that's still going to, we're going to find that out this season. Yeah, I think so. You know, right now, everything that Danny Breer is saying is that he and Torts are on the same page. They talk all the time. Mm -hmm. They spent all that time in the press box together at the end of this past season. And, you know, everything they've said is sort of like, yes, we're on the same page here. But th things do change. And it's a possibility. This is sports. We, we, we know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Things happen in season. Yeah. And it's not necessarily a bad thing no. if things change and people people's philosophy goes in different directions because of circumstances. It's just like that is going to be a wrinkle that we'll have to, you know, keep an eye on in the next year to two years, I would say. Right. I mean, really at the end of this year, if you want this rebuild to kind of go on schedule and say, it's going to take three more years, everybody has to be on the same page. Everything's got to be pointing right. If it's not, then that's where you might look at John and say, okay, do you not want to do this? You know, and because you can't, you can't go back and you can't stop it midstream. I mean, you can, but it would be really yeah. foolish. Right. So, so that's where right. the dilemma still lies with this is that now the whole organization is bought in for this and the coach says he's bought in for this, but now we have to see the coach fully do this. Cause we have to remember last year took a toll on John. Like it was harder than he thought he admitted that it was different than he thought the conversation that he had yep. with Chuck Fletcher turned out to be way different than what actually happened on the ice. Yep. It's true. Um, so looking at this upcoming year, 
uh, in terms of the short term issues at hand. I think with D'Angelo bought out, that likely means that Zamula moves up to the Flyers uh, on a more permanent basis, again, just because of the waiver situation. I think that's the baseline assumption we have to make. Um, We talked about that on Friday show a lot too. So you can go back and listen to that for a more detailed look at it. But uh, it it is a TBD question. That's for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's going to be up to the player. The player's got to impress the coach. He's got to earn the playing time. But again, if the coach falls back and wants some of these veterans to play a lot, like Sealer and Stahl, then Zamula could end up getting scratched a lot of games. Like it just, we just don't know which way it's going to go yet. We don't. So that's a, an outstanding question. Um, it also solidifies the exact or close to the exact dollar amount left for Morgan Frost. So that sort of begs the question, is that contract coming any day now? Or do you think you know we're due for some additional negotiations? Because now Frost's agent knows what the dollar figure available is to them. I don't think that changes a lot because I think the Flyers had an idea of the ballpark it was in. And I think once D'Angelo's situation is complete and it's, you know, on the books, I think in a day or two after that, you'll see Frost's contract get signed. If not that day, I think, cause I think they have a pretty good ballpark idea with negotiations already where it's kind of, kind of go. And that's why, you know, Briere looked at this and said, well, I got to find more money. Yeah. I think so as well. I would expect it in no later than a week from when the buyout officially goes through. So, yeah, I think, you know, uh, it sort of brings us to the question then other than, you know, dot and I's and cross and T's like, is this it? Are we set on the 23, 24 Philadelphia Flyers? And and what is that? And we're going to talk about exactly what this team is now coming up next take your first swing at betting mlb on FanDuel and get 10 times your first bet in bonus bets up to 200 that's right just bet 20 bucks and you'll land 200 in bonus bets win or lose that's 200 you could spend betting everything from the money line to the over under to who you think is going to hit the first home run all on an app that's safe secure and super easy to use Plus, when you win, you can get paid instantly. There's no better place to bet MLB than FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. So sign up today and visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get up to $200 in bonus bets. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. FanDuel, official partner of Major League Baseball. Just a reminder that we are in our off-season mode for the rest of the summer. So our next episode will be on Wednesday, where we're going to look at the forward scenarios with or without Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson. A lot of question marks there. So we are looking forward to that discussion, plus your mailbag questions. So get them in via email at LockedOnFlyers at Gmail. You can comment over on YouTube, or you can tweet us at LockedOn. Flyers. Even though we're in off-season mode, I'm still going to trim my beard, though. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, for, for time at the cottage, right? Right. All right. So, you know, we do have a couple of other small moves to be made by the Flyers or decisions to make um, in addition to the Morgan Frost contract. There's only two players left who were on two-way deals left from this past season without a contract somewhere, and that's Jackson Cates and Max Willman. 
uh, both of whom had call up time with the Flyers this past season. Um, they're, you know, two of the top guys on the Phantoms. And um, I think that, you know, it's important for the Phantoms, no doubt. It is. You know, to, to deal with these guys. I, I'm not sure Max Willman is going to return. I think he may want to seek some opportunities elsewhere in terms of getting more uh, NHL time, right. like a two-way deal somewhere else. Um, I think kind of the writing's on the wall for him in the Flyers organization. Yeah. But I think Jackson Cates, because he plays center, there's more opportunity for him to stay in the Flyers organization. Plus Noah is there. So that is my uh, somewhat light prediction here is that Cates will be back and Willman will not. But um, where do you think we're at? I agree with it. And I don't think it's Jackson just because of Noah. I think it's because there's still opportunity with this team too. And he is kind of like right. a, a bubble NHL guy. Like he, you know, for seven, eight games, two weeks, he could definitely fill a role there. There's no question in my mind. It's just we don't know if he'll get better to the point where he could play every day. Where Willman, I do think we've seen everything Max Willman has to offer. Yeah, and I love Max Willman. Don't get me wrong. I talked about Max Willman. Yeah, yeah, good energy, good skater. There's some really good things there. Yeah, and his development story is uh, just tremendous. Yeah. The fact that he, you know, was drafted by the Sabres, but then kind of got left by the wayside, played in the ECHL and worked his way up. Love his story. Talked yes. about it extensively on this show. Be very sad to see him leave the organization. But I just, you know, being realistic, I think that it things might be better for him elsewhere. And so I think that that would be the best option for him. Um, but again, would love to see him back if there's a way to make it work. Um, but yeah, with, with Jackson Case, I think there's more opportunity there. Like I said, he, he can play center, which um, there's a need for that in the Flyers organization. So I think there's more of a chance of him getting re-signed by the organization. Now, you know, those two guys uh, assigned, I think that, you know, there are some questions to answer at camp in terms of the players on the margins, but I think we've got the team that we've got, Russ. Yeah, I think, you know, unless there's a big injury and all of a sudden – uh, they're going to have to bring in somebody or, I mean, I'll say it like this. If something happens um, with the Hockey Canada situation, maybe that does change their direction and that it could because maybe then they look at it and say, look, we don't expect to be a great team here, but maybe this is a bridge too far with, with this goaltending too if you didn't have Carter Hart. I think that's fair to say that they might have to look at that. Yeah, I think so. And, you know, I think, you know, where Felix Sandstrom and Sam Erson and Cal Peterson fit into the picture is to be determined. Yes. I think that it is a big conversation to have. And it may um, end up being nothing, but it's just something you have to broach. And I'm sure it's been talked about in the organization just in case, like, because you don't know. You don't know at all. And I think that it's uh, it is the biggest question for me going into this season is the goaltending. and who is going to end up, you know, being on the flyers and what they're going to do with Felix Sandstrom in particular, I think is a big question given that they like uh, Sam Erson a lot, it seems. Um, but I, I think it'll be a battle at camp. Um, I think they really honestly are going to use that as a determining mm -hmm. factor because they, they both had positive play last season 
Um, and we saw and we've discussed that Samerson was really just worked too hard toward the end of last season and really having a more real We talked about that extensively. He, and even I think the team realized it in the end. Yeah, so I think that, you know, that is the big question here. But as far as the skaters go, I think we're pretty close to yes. what we've got. I think, you know, Tyson Forster seems to be the guy that's going to be a lock on the team uh, from a forward perspective that was sort of uh, mo- that moved up last season. We talked about Zamula in the first segment. Um, and I think, you know, beyond that, there could be some battles. I think, you know, we've talked about the Wade Allison situation that yeah. he's kind of the odd man out. Um, we'll get into that more on the Wednesday show when we look at the forward lines, but I think that there's, you know, some questions in terms of which prospects will take a step forward. You know, who's going to be the press box forward uh, for the bulk of the season if they carry a full roster like we hope that they do. Right. And yeah, I think that's that's kind of where they're at. And then there's that weird thing with Emil Andre, too, right? We're kind of waiting to see. What happens? HV seventy one, I think, has to approve him um, playing yeah. here, right? So we haven't heard anything about that yet either. Yeah, I I do think it's going to happen. Though. I do I too. I have no reason think... to think otherwise. But again, we can't predict the future. I mean, sometimes we can, but we really can't. So I think that sort of says, okay, we're doing a rebuild. We're in year one. Like, where do the Flyers stand in the division and the league overall? And is this you know a positive thing for the rebuild? And for prospect development. Right. Yeah. So as far as like in the league overall, I mean, Mm -hmm. you look at it, Flyers have to be in the bottom five in the league, right? Yeah. Here's the funny thing. I thought even before they got aggressive with the buyouts and everything, they would be a bottom five team. So now, Mm -hmm. to me, they're definitely a bottom five and could be bottom three. Yeah, I think, you know, a big question is going to be on that about Couturier's return and Atkinson's return and what they look like. And again, that's like a topic for another show. But as it stands now and what we know now, I think that puts them as a bottom five team in the league. And I think for this part of the rebuild, that's a good thing. I think that'll give the flyers the draft picks they need and i think it'll give them the opportunities at trade deadline to get more assets um i think that it it positionally and i think other than that dead cap space for next season which is again is worrying me more than the one for this season um it it puts us in a, a pretty solid position yeah i think right now i think they're they're pointing more in a solid position uh, they know what they are. Maybe they'll overachieve a little. Again, this is a situation where you don't want to overachieve a lot. You don't want to get too far out of the top five, honestly. But, you know, we'll see what happens with that. I mean, here's the thing. I know I know that the coach wants the team to be hard to play against. Okay. And the teams will play along with that, and they'll say, yeah, 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 they're hard to play against. But the Flyers are still going to lose a lot of games. So hockey players are always willing to – put up a fight even if they're going to get a win right so there's not much worry about teams coming into philly there's not yeah i i think so but i also think there could be a lot of fun here 
sure. with some of these guys. There's some good personalities. We've got some good prospects. I think the Phantoms are going to be a ton of fun this year. Like that lineup is is shaping up real well, I think. So uh, I think there's a lot of fun to be had this season. Yeah, I think they're going to score more. Without... I think they're going to score more, and I yeah. think they're going to give up more. Like I just think that's the the formula. So. Uh, yeah, if you get more goals, if you get someone like Forster who can get hot, people will really enjoy seeing his shot. There's a lot to watch. I mean, I'm not saying you shouldn't watch him. I, you know, you know, there's a lot to watch. But and and Phantoms wise too, I do think the Phantoms have a chance to be better. So I actually yeah. think there's going to be more improvement in the Phantoms than you know with the Flyers. Yeah, I just think you know the Flyers are going to be playing with house money yes. this season, and it's so. I think it's a great season to have fun with it and see where the prospects uh, develop and, and go from there. But uh, that is a good segue to our next segment. We are going to do a weekly summer poll question uh, for y'all over on YouTube, and we will get to that. Plus our nemesis of the week coming up next. Russ, uh, I think I can speak for both of us when uh, I say that we had so much fun with the poll questions that we put out related to the giveaways that we did uh, with the comments over on the YouTube posts and, you know, getting your feedback out there in terms of, you know, what your take is on certain players and all of that. And um, so we wanted to keep it going for the rest of the summer. So we're going to do a weekly poll question um, put it out on monday and we'll talk about the results on the friday show so this week's poll question is who is going to take the biggest step forward this upcoming season and our baked in replies are going to that you can vote from our owen tippett cam york bobby brink and tyson forster but we'll leave it open in the comments you can put your own input if you think it's going to be somebody Somebody else. else yep yeah Yeah, but very eager to hear what y'all think out there in terms of who's going to take a a big step forward this upcoming season. And so go over on YouTube. There's a separate post from the episode that's a poll. uh, And uh, go ahead and take it and and give us your your comments on it. Can't wait to see what y'all have to say. Uh, Looking at our nemesis of the week, last week uh, we talked about the Russian situation quite a bit uh, with the various goings-on with the goaltenders and is that going to affect the Matt Mitchkoff situation at all. And so that was my nemesis of the week. Uh, Russ got into his continued hatred of the airlines, which fair enough, I get it. It's affecting so many. It affected people at a at a party I was at yesterday. Like it's unbelievable. But I'm gonna I moved on yeah. though. I've moved on. Okay. Well, for me, I think the nemesis this week, just because of everything we've had to deal with this offseason, is the residual effects of Chuck Fletcher. That is my nemesis this week. We've had these contracts that have been putting the team in an untenable situation, the D'Angelo contract was a big example. We talked about the Delorier contract being questionable. Uh, We talked about the timing um, and term of the Ristolainen contract affecting things. Uh, We talked about the Sanheim contract and how that affected his potential to be traded. Um, So there's all this Chuck Fletcher uh, dirt, like muddying the waters here of, of this rebuild. And so that's kind of what's been bugging me. 
Yeah, you got to wear some high boots for that. Um, all right. Yeah. So mine, mine is, and this is a big one. Sorry, um, pizza is not a dumping ground, and we are in a state in this country where, like, you know, there's 15 flavors of Oreos now, and like every soda has to come up with these weird flavors, and so like all these TV shows, they're all talking about different flavor profiles. That's all well and good, folks. You can't just put anything you want on a pizza and think that it's good because that's not the way it works. A lot of people that are doing it don't know what good pizza is. So I suggest you go somewhere in the Northeast and find that good pizza first. So you have something to work off of, but you can't just throw pickles and pineapple and any other garbage on there and expect it to be called pizza. Cause in my eyes, it's not. So I am fighting for the purity of pizza. And yes, you could definitely have toppings on it. I'm not saying you can't, but it's just, there are some things that don't belong on a pizza. And and I say, and I caution you, don't try it. Okay. I, I feel like this is a very specific circumstance we're talking about. No, here. there's a lot. You go but... look online. It's, it's, it's everywhere. It's an epidemic. All right. Well, I think that there is good pizza to be had in many places, but there, I think there are some guidelines, you know, in terms of what is still a pizza versus a flatbread with stuff on. There you go. I, I think that there is something to be said for that. However, I am a pineapple on pizza person. I'm sorry, but I am. I think the the flavor like really works well. I know it's not for everybody, and I'm not saying you have to like it too. I'm just saying I do. So <laughs> with that. Um, that will do it for today's show. Uh, like I said, we will be back on Wednesday. We're going to talk about those forward scenarios and potential lines with and without Sean Couturier and Cam Atkinson, plus your mailbag questions. So get them in via Twitter at Lockdown Flyers. You can email us at LockdownFlyers at Gmail or comment over on YouTube. I'm Rachel. I'm on Twitter at rmiriam. That's R-M-I-R-I-A-M. I'm Russ. I'm at Sportsology, S-P-O-R-T-S-O-L-O-G-Y. Have a great day, everyone.